the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That which had been a curse for him has returned to Jacob as a well of life and promise for the future. The Asson that he's been afraid of all of his life is the well, the mother, the eye of love that is found in the princess Joseph has married in Egypt. The Asson is Asanoth, the well. Today on Reaching Your Heart, Pastor Michael Oxentenko brings you the conclusion to a message we started the last time we were together, entitled, The Second Blessing. We certainly hope you enjoy it. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't forget the worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock, and you are always welcome. The broadcast is also streamed live at reachinghearts.org slash video. We'll have details on that and more as we continue with today's broadcast. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Jacob was enamored with awesome, evil, harm, and calamity. And now Jacob confesses that this angel, who is God, the good shepherd, has redeemed him from all his evil and troubled life. The gospel prophet Isaiah remembered Jacob's words in Isaiah 63, verse 9. In all of their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence, that means the angel who is God, saved them. In his love and his pity, he redeemed them. He's the redeeming being. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Jesus refers to this when he said that he would have done the same for the city of Jerusalem if they had allowed him. You may not have a daddy, dear heart, but if Jesus is your good shepherd, protector, and friend, God is your daddy in Jesus. Jacob received those two boys. He placed them between his knees, the Bible says. And he blessed them because the angel of the Lord at the river Jabbok had blessed him. And God had done so at Bethel. Verse 10 says he kissed them and embraced them. I don't know about you. I have a hard time kissing my sons, but I've learned to do it occasionally. It's rough. You don't want to demasculize them or anything. So I put my arm and say, hey, son, I may just... Kiss him on the head, you know, but then he looks at me, Dad, you know. But he kissed those boys because he loved them. And it says he blessed them between his knees. That's a significant thing. The Hebrew noun for knees is built off the Hebrew word for blessing. It sounds the same. It's the same root word. You see, you bless and you are blessed when you get on your knees and you beg God for your life and your children's lives. Blessings come when you're on your knees. It comes at the knees. Would that we had fathers today, many more, who would bless their children as Jacob did Ephraim, Manasseh, and Joseph between his knees because he prayed for them on his knees. In Genesis 48, 21 and 22, Jacob gives Joseph and his children a gift of land that is meant to correct the harm 
and the evil that was brought into their life because of Shechem's rape of Dina and the horrible crime of Levi and Simeon. Look at Genesis 48, 21, and 22. We're going to focus in on this. This is the key passage which defines how Joseph found out. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I'm about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you again to the land of your fathers. Notice that he says fathers here in the plural. Do you see that in the text? with me? In the Hebrew, it also says you in the plural. He's not just talking to Joseph. He's talking to Joseph's family. And so the fathers here is not just his father, it's their father. What land is he talking about as he speaks to Joseph and his family and their right to return and the fathers? Look at verse 22 that immediately follows. Moreover, I have given to you rather than to your brothers one mountain slope. How many of your Bibles say something like that? One mountain slope, which I took from the hand of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. I want to focus on that phrase, one mountain slope. The English translators have a real hard time just translating it the way it should be translated. Why? Because it doesn't make any sense to them. The Septuagint Greek got it right, 2nd century B.C., Literally, the text reads in Hebrew, I have given to you Shechem one because of your brothers. Shechem one. The Hebrew is literally Shechem achad, and it means Shechem one, or it could be translated another Shechem. Now why bring Shechem into the mix? Why talk about Shechem now? He was a bad idea gone far away, right? No. He was the awesome trouble that came into Jacob's life that wrecked his daughter, wrecked his future, created this awful problem. Why bring his name up to Joseph? And Jacob is clear that this gift comes to Joseph because of your brothers, it says in the Hebrew. Because of your brothers, I give to you Shechem one. Hmm. Shechem is the name of the man who took Dina away and humiliated her. He's the young man who wanted to marry her and become one with Israel because of her. They would have been one people if that had happened. It didn't. Shechem is the name of the ill-fated city that was pillaged and destroyed and left to rot in the sand as a dead spot on planet earth by these awful brothers, Levi and Simeon. Jacob bought a field there from Hamor and Shechem and he moved on after his daughter Dina was raped. He just left it. God said, go. He said, yeah, I'm going. And what did they do? They buried all their idols they had a religious revival at the oak there, and then they moved on. They got out of there. So why bring it up now? After his sons Levi and Simeon murdered Shechem and brought so much pain into their lives, there is no future for Shechem through Shechem if that is the end of the story. Why? Because they were all annihilated. There's not a male left alive according to Genesis account. Shechem was a place for dry bones left on the ground when Levi and Simeon got done with their swords. Friends, Asenath is the one who is Shechem one. She is number 70, and she is the one that's missing. And Jacob is telling Joseph that he will give him Shechem one as an inheritance. The land that belongs to the one that is from Shechem. The one who has a right to go back and start all over again there. Friend, there is a new beginning for Shechem and Ephraim and Manasseh because there is one left behind who belongs to that place by birthright. It's no accident Manasseh will name his fourth son Shechem to perpetuate the family name. It's no accident in Judges 9 that Abimelech and Gideon will be connected to the line of Shechem and Hamor because there is a descendant in Israel that carries on the name of these fathers that were slaughtered. 
And so Joseph's dreams and Austin's dreams merge in one as married one. In the Ayan Spring, the well of Shechem, the hope for the future that's found back there where all the trouble happens. This is the point in time when Joseph learns that his wife is a Shechemite and that his son are the sons of Shechem. And that Shechem one is still alive because another Shechem has survived. There's a piece of land that belongs to her. And through Asenath's children, the curse is lifted. And Shechem one is to go on and on and on, like a well that never runs dry. At this point in time, the number 70 is complete, and all of Jacob's family are whole. Jacob called all his children to his bed in the chapter that follows, and he blessed them just before he died. But of Levi and Simeon, Jacob had words because of what they did to Shechem and the whole city of Shechem. Look at verse 6 of Genesis 49. He says, O my soul, come not thou into their secret unto their assembly, mine honor. Be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man. In their self-will they dig down a wall. The King James Version says they dig down a wall. The Hebrew word sure for wall has the same consonants as the Hebrew word shore for an ox. Some translations will say they hamstrung an ox. They did both. They attacked Shechem. They devastated the city. They tore down the wall. They killed him and his father because of Dina's rape. And they did this in self-justifying anger. And thus Dina's name means justifiably judgment. And now God through Jacob pronounces judgment on Levi and Simeon as a tribe in Israel because of their horrible crime. Look at verse 7. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. There's no double blessing for Levi and Simeon. There is no double blessing because of what they did to Shechem. Their blessing is divided, and by implication, room is made for another to expand in their place. The blessing to Joseph in Genesis 49-22 and following points to Asenath also. Let me read from two translations, the Revised Standard Version, King James Version for Genesis 49-22. Joseph is a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow. And what does it say in the Bible right there? Look at the text with me. See the word by a spring? You see that? Then he goes on, his branches run over the wall. Let's go to the King James Version. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow, by a well. Do you see the word well in the King James Version? Okay, by a well, whose branches run over the wall. Here the word ayin is used. The very word that identifies Asenath, the word well and spring, is ayin. The ayin at the end of Potiphera that says she is number 70, that she's the eye, the well, is used here when Jacob blesses Joseph because of the ayin that has come into his life. Ayin, Joseph, the well, upon the well, you have found the secret of fruitfulness. Asenath is the ayin, the letter ayin, that means I and well, and it also means 70. Asenath is the one who is 70, who makes the family of Jacob whole and blessed for the sake of the whole world. Remember, the number 70 represents the world, represents Israel. This lost little granddaughter has been found and integrated back into the family of the 70. The troubled little daughter of Dina, taken away by Jacob's sons, has returned in the revelation of the secret that she has become Joseph's wife. Ever after, Asenath, Dina's daughter, is the reason Joseph has fruit in his life. The Hebrew literally says this in this verse. I want to dwell on this a little bit. 
Bain parat, Yosef, bain parat. Now, this is tough Hebrew to wade through. Bain is the word for son, usually, in Hebrew. Bain can also mean a child or descendant more generally. But here, Bain is followed by a feminine participle, parat, that means bearing fruit. She bears fruit, not him. She, a feminine force bearing fruit. The fruit bearer is a woman here. Because the verb is feminine, the word bane must also be feminine if bane is the subject of the verb. The Septuagint translates it as a son and then changes the verbal gender match. It doesn't work. Then the word bane could be translated a feminine child bearing fruit. But it could also be translated a son of her who bears fruit. Both are possible. It could be that both are implied. In any case, it is stated twice, not once, but twice, Bain Parat with Joseph in the middle. Now, Joseph's name is not just a name, it's a participle in Hebrew, and its name means he who adds or he who increases. Joseph is at the center of Bain Parat, said twice. He's at the center of a double blessing. The second blessing, Bain Parat. The child who bears fruit, the feminine child who bears fruit, or the one who bears fruit because of the feminine force, twice repeated. The verb parat tells us twice that the secret is in the ladies of the house of Israel, not the men here. We learn in Genesis that Austin's fuller name is Austineth, daughter of Potipharah. The ayin on the end of the English translation represents the ayin letter in Hebrew. The ayin letter means well or I. The letter ayin as a number means 70 as well. Three ideas are contained in that letter ayin, the word ayin used here. The well, the I, the number 70. Sixty-six children came with Jacob to Egypt. Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim are three. That is 69. Where is the one? Joseph learns at this moment, in relationships to the blessing and reception of Shechem, that Asenath is the Adian, number 70, that's tacked onto her name, the well who gives life and the eye who shows the way. Right after the Adian well, the Hebrew of Genesis 49.22 reads, Banot. Say that with me. Practice a little Hebrew with me. Banot. Banot means daughters. Daughters. The Adian well who is Asenath and her mother, Dina also, the troubled ones in the family. They are daughters of fruitfulness that bring the second and double blessing into Joseph's life that gives him the future in the land of Shechem. Gives it back. That which had been a curse for him has returned to Jacob as a well of life and promise for the future. The Asson that he's been afraid of all of his life is the well, the mother, the eye of love that is found in the princess Joseph has married in Egypt. The Asson is Asanoth, the well. The Hebrew that follows says literally, she stepped over the wall. It's not translated. It says like it ran over the wall. But the Hebrew is a feminine singular verb. And it's in the third person. She stepped over the wall. The Hebrew verb is singular. As I said, it means she, as one person, came over the wall. The only singular noun that can agree with the verb is ayin. It means well. The ayin well is grammatically the one who stepped over the wall. She is the ayin well that came to Egypt over the wall. That's how she became Joseph's wife. It is given here at last. The evidence is produced. 
The truth is borne out in verse 25 when Jacob affirmed the double blessing of the breasts and the womb that is Joseph's wife. The word for wall in Genesis 49-22 is sure in the Hebrew language, and it can mean a wall or a fortress wall. When Hagar was fleeing from Sarah, she fled back toward Egypt to the wilderness of Shur that is on the northeastern border of Egypt that leads to Canaan by way of the Negev Desert. It's the entry route from the north into Egypt. And we know from antiquity, we know from the evidence of archaeology that there was an ancient wall there, like the Great Wall of China, that stretched from Pelosium to Heliopolis, which is the city of On, the city of the sun, where Potipharah lived, who was the adopting father of Asenath. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. There where the angel of the Lord found Hagar at that well on the way to Shur, which was that defensive wall. Genesis 16, 7, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. Have you ever been lost in your life? Have you ever been forsaken and felt like nobody can find you? Dear heart, raise your hand with me. God finds me. I don't find God. God finds me. And He finds you. The word ayin for spring or well is used in Genesis 16 for an eye also. Why? Because there at that well, the angel of the Lord saw her with the eye of God. He found her. He saw her with his ayin eye at the ayin well. And she named that well the well of the living one who sees me or the well of the life of my sight. Here is God. I'm alive as a well. I can see. The Ayan well is on the way to Shur. Shur is the wall that separates Canaan from Egypt. Asenath went over the wall into Egypt. At the time of Seti one, that wall reached from Pelusium to Heliopolis, as I said, the city of On where Potiphar is identified as Potipharah, priest of On. Jacob is telling Joseph that the Ayan well in Joseph's life stepped or came over the wall of Shur into Egypt. The Ayan well woman in his life was in fact an immigrant into Egypt as Asenath, with that Hebrew name, would become by God's design the well of living water in Joseph's life. He would scoop up this lost child who is 70 and she would become his wife. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 12. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. The Hebrew word for spring is ayin. No doubt Joseph had discovered the same, that his precious wife was a spring, a fountain locked up that had been unlocked by God to bring blessing to his life. Joseph's second blessing that doubled down deep in his life was his wife, Asenath, who gave him the two little boys who would become heirs of Shechem one, or another Shechem of sorts, that would perpetuate the family line of this massacred people whose fathers were his wife fathers, whose fathers could be traced back to his wife. 
Joseph left his father to go to Shechem to find his wayward brothers. When Joseph leaves Canaan, he goes to Shechem, then Dothan, and he's gone. He never comes back to Canaan. Shechem is the jump-off point where he disappears. And they sold him into Egypt. He never came home. But God brought Jacob forward into Goshen to meet Joseph. In Egypt, Jacob found the Osom. The calamity, the harm, the evil he had dreaded and feared since Asenath was taken also and Joseph was lost in death, he thought. And there in Egypt, the Asen Jacob feared, the harm, calamity, and evil. He met in Asenath Joseph's wife. That troubled girl of Dina, and Dina who never had a child again, that girl showed up married to the prince of Egypt. She was so much trouble. They couldn't name her in the list, but her number 70 could not be left out of the number. Awesome, harm, calamity, and evil. And the trouble Jacob dreaded all his life, those awesome years, was healed in the blessing of the well who is Asenath. At this point, Joseph knows who his wife is. And with that knowledge revealed by his father, Joseph receives the second blessing. That is the Ayin well of life and children affirmed by his father as he affirms the little girl they sent away. Genesis 49.23 The archers fiercely attacked him. Joseph shot at him. Literally the husbands of the arrows shot at him and harassed him sorely. Yet his bow remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the name of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, by the God of your father who will help you, by God Almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that couches beneath, blessings of the breast and the womb. The blessings of your father are mighty beyond the blessings of the eternal mountains, the bounties of the everlasting hills. May they be on the head of Joseph and on the brow of him who was in the Hebrew, a Nazarene, devoted to his brothers. The Hebrew can be translated that way, and probably best so. Levi and Simeon were divided and scattered in Israel because they killed Shechem with a sword in hot anger. Cursed be their anger, Jacob said. Through the double tragedy of Dina's rape and Asenath's birth, Joseph was doubly blessed in Israel as Joseph received the second blessing of the little girl who stepped over the wall of Shur, the ayin in his life, the well, the eye. The rabbis believe she only had one eye, that Asenath had one eye plucked out by a thorn bush. They focused on this ayin with Asenath. Asenath is the well of life that blessed Joseph all his life. The ayin in Asenath's full name, as I said, and title, Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, ayin, because 70 is the number for the children of Israel. It's the number for the world. Now, what's the greatest verse in the Bible? John 3.16. Say it with me. For God so loved the what? The world that He gave His only Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Who is the whosoever in the Gospel of John? It's the woman at the well. It's the Samaritan woman at the well that Jesus changes the course of His journey to find. She didn't find Jesus in the heat of the day. Jesus found her. John 4, 5. So he, Jesus, came to the city of Samaria. Read this. Called Sychar, which means drunkenness, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Shechem's field. 
Jacob's well was there. And so Jesus, weird as he was with his journey, sat down beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. That woman was rejected. That woman was a forsaken person in Samaria. She was a descendant of Jacob. A descendant without legitimacy. And the great shepherd of the Lord, the good shepherd who had found Asenath, who had sought out Hagar, finds his way to the well of Shechem, Jacob's well, to meet this woman. And the Bible says, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And then finally, she said, you know, you speak of living water. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that was speaking to you, he would give you living water. And then she says, sir, I'm thirsty. Sir, I have a troubled life. You've just pointed out to me that I'm married to any and everybody and I can't ever settle down. And yet I'm sitting here talking to you and you're not ashamed of me and you're a Jew and I'm a woman of Samaria. I'm a thorn in the side of the Jews. I'm trouble, harm, and calamity and evil implied. And yet she finds in the presence of Jesus that comforting prince of the past and she receives the gift of the second blessing from Jesus. Because Jesus says to her and no other that I am the Messiah. He reveals who he is to her. You see, in a really deep sense, Asenath is a type of Jesus, the living well, who is the source of eternal life for all the world. And she is the perfect example of how no one is left unnoticed. You may be unnamed, but you are not unnumbered. You may be lost in a foreign land, but you can be found. You may be the sheep that has gone astray or pushed out of the fold. God will bring you home. And so Jesus sat next to the woman at the well who was there to receive the second blessing. Well, that will conclude the second blessing with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Today's Reaching Your Heart. By the way, you can find all of these messages online at reachingyourheart.com. Thank you for listening today. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.